Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. Teen Time Round Town. Hello, Teen Timers. In this week's Around Town, with me, Andrew Dambina, we're going to find out about a lesser-known calamity that happened right in the heart of downtown Hong Kong Island in the late 19th century. To find out about it, I joined the author of a recently published book, The Great Fire of Hong Kong, in the lobby of one of our city's tallest skyscrapers. I'm standing in the centre with Adam Nebs. Why are we here at the centre in Central? Well, we're here in the centre because this was what would today be considered the ground zero of the Great Fire of Hong Kong, which took place in 1878, a very long time ago. So the place is obviously very different, much changed, but it's a very significant event in Hong Kong's history. So what actually stood here in this spot? Well, at that time, there were five lanes running down from Queen's Road to the harbour front, which in those days was you know, right behind us here on, on Devoe Road. That's where the harbour was. And these lanes were all filled with mostly Chinese tradesmen, carpenters, tinsmiths, coppersmiths, and things like that, and also chandlers, which were shops selling ships' goods to visiting captains and sailors. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof. The roof, the roof is on fire, the roof... So it all started right next to where we are now, in what's now called Hing Long Street, but it went by a different name then, didn't it? Yeah, in those days it was called Endicott Lane, although quite confusingly it was also sometimes called Hing Lung Lane or Hing Lung Street. Street names were often not that official in those days, especially the smaller streets. As I said, it was a mostly an area for Chinese tradesmen, but just before that it had been an area that was more populated by Westerners, and it was only around that time, the late 1860s, the early 1870s, that the Chinese had started coming westwards from the sort of the Shenghuan area in towards Central. So there was a certain overlap of trade but also in, the, in this case of street names as well. This fire took place in December of 1878. The property where the fire started was a shop that was run by an Englishman called Edward Fisher, who'd been in Hong Kong for about, as far as I can tell, about 12 years. What came into question was whether or not he himself started the fire to get his insurance money, or whether it was started by neighboring businesses who were none too pleased that he was living there with a Chinese wife in the middle of this newly sort of localized area. Late 19th century, were mixed relationships quite rare then? They were very rare in the sort of middle and upper classes of, of Western society, but right down in the working classes of sort of the ex-sailors and very low-level businessmen, they were actually quite common. So the Great Fire of Hong Kong, that's where it started. How far around Central did it sweep? Well, it covered quite an enormous area. If we'd had a better equipped fire brigade with more firemen, it probably would never have crossed Queen's Road. The government fire brigade only started in 1868. There were a lot of volunteer fire brigades around before that, run by local businessmen who wanted to protect their interests. The Hong Kong Fire Brigade, as it was called then, was still quite new. It had about 100 men, and it only had two steam fire engines that were brought over from England. And we're not really suited to Hong Kong. From Queen's Road up towards mid-levels, the streets become quite steep. And these were huge fire engines weighing, you know, two tons, three tons. And they were designed to be pulled by horses, but there were no horses in Hong Kong. So how long did it rage on? Well, the fire itself raged for about 17 or 18 hours. 
by which time the fire brigade itself had become largely irrelevant. Although there were only about 100 men in the fire brigade, it took well over 1,000 men to get it under control. And these came from the volunteer brigades and also every ship in the harbour. And there were dozens of foreign ships sent out rowing boats with men willing to fight the fire. Civilians came down, the army came up from what is now Admiralty and the, the Navy came up. And there were you know, well over 1,000 men fighting the fire. You've called the book The Great Fire of Hong Kong. Is it the most devastating fire Hong Kong's ever seen? It is in terms of its location and the effect that it had on all levels of society. There were a couple of fires before that that were bigger, towards Sheung Wan, that actually killed more people. They, did, they covered about the same amount of ground, but it was mostly warehouses that were destroyed. But the Great Fire of Hong Kong, as it came to be known locally, went from the waterfront basically right up to the Hollywood Road police station and it destroyed Chinese businesses and homes, Western businesses and homes, government property, private property. It just tore a massive hole and destroyed somewhere close to 400 buildings. What about taking human life? Ah, well, if you want to know about that, you'll have to read the book. That would be like giving away the end of a novel. Talking about reading the book, this is available in public libraries, isn't it, as well as university libraries? Yeah, it's certainly available in about 30-something public libraries, so it's easy to find if you want to save your pocket money. How difficult was it to research this archive material? If you want to do research of Hong Kong history, it's actually quite easy if you know where to look. But if you're willing to go to you know, the Central Library and look through their microform machines, and if you know the websites to look for from the Hong Kong University, and old newspapers that are available online through the public libraries. I mean, it's time-consuming, it's not difficult. It took me about a year to, to research the whole story. When people listen to that and hear that, they might think that's quite academic in its research, but you tried not to execute it in that way, didn't you? Yeah, because I was working for myself. I wasn't on, on a research grant or anything like that. I really wanted to write a book that was readable and enjoyable without being filled with little end notes that you had to keep referring to the back of the book. It's an interesting story. It should be as interesting to teenagers today as it was interesting to teenagers in the 19th century. Okay, Adam, how did you get into writing in the first place? My first job in publishing was as a proofreader for a, a publishing company that produced in-flight magazines for airlines. After working for them for a couple of years, I was made an assistant editor on one of the magazines. You know, when you're doing something like that, it's quite easy to publish your own work you know, and to submit your own work to the magazines. And after four years of doing that, I went freelance and started you know, working for myself as a writer. I was very fortunate to start writing a travel column for the South China Morning Post in 1998 called Traveller's Checks for their Sunday magazine, which I'm still doing. If someone's really got the feeling that they just want to be a writer, what would you say to them as a teenager? Well, I would say just write something. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's published or not. Write something, have a look at it, see if you're pleased with it, show it to your friends, maybe put it on Facebook, get some feedback. That was writer and editor Adam Nebs, author of The Great Fire of Hong Kong, talking about that title and offering a few pointers to would-be writers. The book is available in bookshops and libraries all over Hong Kong. Let's hope that's inspired you to pen a few words of your own this week. Tune in again next Tuesday when Around Town returns with me, Andrew Dembina, on Teen Time, here on Radio 3. Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.hk. Teen Time, Podcast On Demand.